to another episode of tip of the antler thank you guys so much for joining us today we're thrilled to have you so the topic for the podcast today is deij week and we have a very special guest joining us today miss molly velasco uh, please say hi hi everyone so miss velasco what's it been like working at winch so far besides for dei week to start Definitely. So it's been good. Um, It wasn't necessarily um, something that I had planned. So it kind of evolved over time. I actually started working in student life under Mr. Harlick. Um, But then the opportunity came to be able to teach and kind of be more involved. And I've definitely loved it and leaned fully into it. For uh, students who aren't aware, what, what do you teach? So I teach uh, learning strategies, which basically just helps students who maybe struggle a little bit in school and need to strengthen their organization, their study skills, um, and then just overall planning and budgeting of time. So I teach a little bit of every subject. It depends on what what subjects my students are taking. Spend a lot of time on YouTube learning algebra too. Okay, cool. If there was anything that you could teach, like what would it be, like any subject? Probably like history or English. I really like history though. I think it kind of aligns with a lot of DIJ stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and most students probably know, but Ms. Velasco did spearhead most of DIJ week along with a lot of help from other people, but um, she put a lot of work into the planning of it all and just making sure it all ran smoothly. Um, So I'm really grateful for that personally. I think we all are. Um, If Brad or Jeremy wants to talk a little bit, and I will too, a little bit, what, a little bit about what we experienced during DEIJ week and um, some of our favorite memories or favorite parts of it and things that we learned. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my favorite activity was, um, I believe it was called How Diverse Is Your Universe? And it was essentially kind of representing, you know, how much diversity was in our life. They're actually a really fun activity. It was putting different colored beads into a, a little container. And that actually, it kind of put into perspective for me, like how, like, how diverse my universe is and actually what improvements I also need to make on it to make it even more diverse. And I thought that was just really impactful and it kind of changed my outlook on things. I've been virtual for this last trimester, so it was a little difficult for me to participate in um, the activities this week. I well, kind of wish there were more activities for virtual kids. Uh, maybe that's something we could consider next year if we're still doing this whole COVID thing. Hope, fingers crossed we won't be, but. Definitely, I think it's important. It was it was definitely a challenge and last year it was completely virtual. Um, so that's why we were really excited about the workshops because it kind of gave the opportunity for some of the virtual students to be able to jump on. I do know there was some technical difficulties just in the nature of Zoom and everything, but. Yeah. Um, that was kind of one of our nods too, about trying to be as inclusive of our virtual students and community as possible. Um, yeah, I would probably say that one of my favorite parts um, were the Cultural Olympics, um, all the kind of fun relay races and games that we played on Monday. I really had, uh, I really enjoyed the chance to bond with my dorm and just have fun in like a friendly nature of competing, all that kind of stuff. What was your favorite event? I think I was the most um, hesitant to participate in the potato sack race, but it did end up being a lot of fun, so. That was a favorite for sure. (laughs) 
Yeah, I also had a lot of fun in the potato sack race. Um, Ms. Velasco, if I could, if we could um, get a little bit more about your perspective of kind of building DEIJ Week and kind of what's its purpose and like why did you do it? Can we maybe pick your brain as to what you had a thought of going into it, of what your vision for it was? Definitely. So I don't know if you know this, but I work with um, Heal Winchinen, which is a local initiative that brings um, healthy food access, economic empowerment, and social inclusion to Winchinen, um, a community sorely lacking in a lot of those areas. Um, so I've been really working on a lot of DEIJ initiatives in the town, especially because there is very like beginner, there's a lot of beginners <laughs> um, on their, um, you know, social inclusion and anti-racist journey. So that's something that I've definitely been passionate about and, and trying to connect with people of all different levels and everyone who's at a different place in their journey. Um, so through that, I work with Miss Jennings, who has historically run this amazing um, big event um, every year. Um, so she was definitely a huge guide in like helping me navigate it and teaching me, kind of showing me the ropes and teaching me what, all the details that I had to kind of go into it. Um, in terms of like the focus, I just, um, every time it got really hard, I just remembered how important it is and that it's an opportunity to kind of get the undivided attention of our community um, to recommit ourselves to work that we really should be doing and embodying every single day of the year. Um, so I kind of looked at it like, like in previous years, it's kind of been um, a focus to kind of get as much information during this one week. But I really, I think it's important to kind of make um, uh, more drastic efforts in um, kind of interweaving this in, into our everyday lives. So that was kind of the lens in which I was looking at it. And what I was thinking when I was planning it um, is just how can we get as much information um, just due to the fact that you know, not everyone is impacted by the same thing. It might take like, how diverse is your universe? Or, you know, a student speaker's video or a student speech that was beautifully spoken or, you know, there, there's a lot of different touch points and you never know what is going to kind of impact people and kind of help them get that motivation to educate themselves. Um, yeah, we had a lot of questions prepared. You kind of covered a lot of them right there. Um, but one thing I want to ask is, how do you think students can take what they've learned during DEIJ week and um, build upon it in their day-to-day -day lives and grow and learn more? Or what are some ways they can put the things that they learned into action? Definitely. Um, I've had multiple conversations with students like throughout the week. And I think one of the biggest takeaways was um, hearing how it kind of like a sparked interest, right? So maybe especially with the workshops, like we were trying to not have it be something that was sugar-coated. I always say like happy to spoon feed people, but I don't like sugarcoating <laughs> the stuff involving DEIJ. Um, I think it's important to call things what they are. And I think the juniors and um, the impact learning leaders did a great job of kind of like really delving into some very difficult topics. Um, and I think the biggest thing is like finding something or a touch point that really, you know, makes an impact for you and really sparks your interest or something that you've never heard of before. Like a lot of people haven't heard the term like redlining, which talks about how, you know, historically um, um, 
BIPOC communities are directed to a certain area. Um, and that's why you end up with, you know, black and brown communities and then white communities. Um, so, you know, redlining is something where, you know, you can't get a loan to be able to purchase a house in a separate um, area. Um, and therefore, like, you really are stuck within the limitations of what society has determined is a okay area for you to live. So if you haven't heard the term redlining, like the hope was that either you would ask in the moment or you would take that and be able to go and research on your own. What I keep saying to students is it's not the responsibility of our community members that are already part of, you know, underrepresented or, um, BIPOC or, you know, students that are differently able to educate the community. Um, it's our job to educate ourselves and be supportive of those members of the community. So I guess that's kind of what I would suggest is maybe find something that you didn't really know about or you kind of heard and maybe don't know everything about and then research it and, you know, look at the resource guide that we sent out, ask for more reading material, like do some education on your own and also like even doing small steps like diversifying your feed on Instagram. That's been a huge educator for me is following like activists of these different um, populations to be able to kind of hear more about, you know, the issues that impact their communities and like how we all can support. You've kind of touched upon this a little bit, but I, I wanted to ask this question. Um, how do you see diversity, equality, inclusion, and justice displayed in the Washington community? And uh, what do you think we're doing well and where do you see some room for improvement? In terms of like what, how I see it already in the Winston community, I think that, you know, just even seeing how I, so I went to boarding school at Cushing Academy. So sorry, everyone. Don't worry. I'm a, I'm a reformed penguin and now I'm a Wapiti. So um, I think like seeing kind of how at the Winchin School, yes, of course, there's different groups and people kind of have their friends, but I think there's a lot of more exchange and intermingling um, than, you know, the community that I was part of in high school. Um, so I think in terms of like diversity and like seeing people kind of connect and um, already kind of have multiple interests, I think we have really well-rounded students. Um, so that's a way that I think that we have great assets. Um, also, I think, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but we do have a DEI committee, which is different than the DEI like planning committee. Um, yeah, there's that. some teachers on it, there's some student leaders on it. Um, and we kind of talk about, you know, what we're doing well and what needs to improve. And I feel like a lot, of people are we're moving in the right direction for a lot of the initiatives and we're looking at policy and system changes to really create substantial impact and make sure that you know our efforts are always rooted in action and not performative so i think that's something that we also have been doing pretty well is um making sure that when we do something we do it fully and not just rolling it out for the sake of rolling it out. Does that make sense? There's, so there's a lot of thought and efforts put behind DEIJ initiatives that we're looking to roll out even more next year. Um, in terms of areas that we can improve, um, I think, you know, just being mindful of um, the impact that some other students are feeling, um, people that are different than yourself. Um, I think that being mindful of um, how our students of color or different ability move through 
our community. I think that there's definitely growth to be had in making sure that it's a safe and welcoming environment and that they feel like they can be heard and that they're not needing to lead the conversations. Um, I think it is exciting to see a lot of allies that aren't necessarily part of the BIPOC community and are willing to step up and do the work um, and really, you know, listen and move forward. Um, so those are kind of the areas that I think we have strengths and areas of growth. I hope oh, I answered your question. Yes, you did. It's just being kind of like considerate that other people might not have the same perspective as you and acknowledging that, um, be mindful. Yeah, and acknowledging, you know, the impact that they're feeling. Um, so I'm also a, a woman of color. And so, you know, sometimes things impact me in a different way than they would, you know, even my, my wonderful mom <laughs> isn't. So, you know, like um, just you want to make sure that you're thinking kind of, um, as Bradley said about how diverse is your universe, the, the point of that is to like be mindful of your lens, right? So that's why you get a clear jar. You're looking at the world through that lens and that's the lens in which you kind of move through the world and like identifying areas that maybe you can grow and, and identifying areas where um, you can maybe change and, and maybe when you approach a situation, just being mindful of the fact that, you know, what lens you're looking at a situation through might not be the same as somebody else who's experiencing a lot of the current events as well as the pandemic um, in more impactful and intense traumatic ways. So Ms. Velasco, I was just kind of wanted to um, get kind of a recap of what your view of what this year's DIJ week kind of went and what were some maybe strengths and shortcomings that we had and, you know, overall just how the week went. Definitely. I think um, it being my first year <laughs> in terms of areas of improvement, <laughs> I'm very self-aware. So, you know, maybe being able to communicate things um, a little sooner and a little quicker and being able to get things out um, like the week in advance would have been beneficial to kind of make sure that everything was um, kind of choreographed a little, a little bit more smoothly. Um, with the first year of running anything, there's always hiccups and bumps. Um, I think we did a lot of behind the scenes recovery. So maybe that wasn't, impact wasn't felt as much. Um, in terms of strength, like it's been really great to like kind of see everyone get into it and really participate. Like even people that started out the week being like, I don't want to do this. Like they, they were ended up being like the more most involved out of the week and being like running to my classroom excited to tell me what they were doing for their talent show or <laughs> fashion show um, and kind of bumping into students and like kind of hearing what their impact was. And I think Jeremy, like you were on the discussion, like hearing like that it like kind of brought levity to a lot of the time that we're feeling now. And also while also talking about a lot of serious things. So I think that was definitely a strength. So it sounds like uh, you were excited to see how enthusiastic and involved students were during this week. Definitely. And I think definitely hearing like students bring up, um, you know, students that typically haven't brought um, up topics about surrounding DEIJ in my classroom were bringing them up and wanting to talk about them and wanting to like kind of ask about additional information on things. So that was like exciting to see is like people that typically, um, are engaged in those conversations kind of started out being voluntold, but then by the end had kind of bought into it. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, and I think that the work that you do is really important at the school. And 
I'm really glad it's getting done and that people are opening up to these kinds of conversations because I think that that's super important. Um, on kind of a last note, is there anything that you want students to take away from DEI week or from this podcast or um, just a note you want to leave them with? For sure. I mean, again, kind of, I've, I keep saying it and I'm going to keep saying it. Like, it's not work that we should only do once a year for a week. Like, it's something that we really need to have become like part of our norms in our school. And it should be, these conversations and these topics should be able to feel natural being brought up. And, um, and it's really important to just be mindful of doing this work every day and um, educating ourselves and learning more. Awesome. Thank you, Ms. Velasco. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was so good to hear from you, and um, it was really good to just kind of review everything that happened this week, and I think it's really valuable, uh, and I want to just personally thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, and again, any feedback that you have, I'm always open to feedback, so definitely send it along, and we'll make sure to improve upon and um, just add more next year. Yes, so for the listeners, if you have any uh Anything that you want to say, make sure to stop by Ms. Velasco's room. I'm sure she's always willing to talk. Definitely. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you. So we have a lot of important dates coming up. Um, we've got senior dinner, prom, and graduation. And a lot of these details are still coming in about what their exact date is and what's going to be virtual in person. Um, I know that there's a form sent out for a vote on if you want senior dinner to be formal or more casual, like a barbecue, so make sure you guys fill out that form. And there's also some forms about prom about if you're going and who you're taking if you are going. And I heard a rumor flying around that um, there are two people on this podcast are going to prom together. Oh, sure. oh my God, you and Brad are going to prom together? How'd you know? <laughs> yeah. oh, we've been committed for a while. Yeah. Brad and I are actually dating. Yeah. Really? So no, now everyone on this podcast is dated Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, congratulations on prom. Uh, I'm sure you guys will have a lot of fun together. Thank you. Uh, we'll be sending sure we'll be sure to send you lots of pictures. Okay, yes, I'd love to see them. For the viewers at home, it's not like that. <laughs> Damn Brad, you really hurt my feelings right there. Hey, you broke my heart first. Uh, I want to say for graduation, um, you're able to bring up to four guests. I'm not sure if they're, they have to be family members or if they can be family and friends. I'm not sure if one of you guys know that. No. I don't even know if juniors are going to graduation or not. No, I, underclassmen are going to okay. graduate. Yeah, underclassmen I think are required to attend. Oh God, I have to find a dress. <laughs> but yeah, so you're able to bring up to four guests. I'm not sure if it's family and friends or just family, but. There's I'm sure that. it's an email somewhere. <laughs> yes, just check your emails. Next week is going to be our last podcast of the year. So a huge thank you. Aww. I know, right? It's so sad. But yeah, huge thank you for you fun. guys for supporting us and to Sarah and Brad for being such great hosts. Thank you, Jeremy, for editing every single week, guys. The amount of work he puts into cutting out all of our awkward pauses and every missed word, everything. <laughs> you guys don't want to see the raw versions. Jeremy is the true artist here. <laughs> it's been, it's definitely been a journey. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, well, we won't, we won't do all the crying and thank yous yet. That's yeah. for next week. So <laughs> we'll save that for later. We'll save yeah. that for another time.
So with that being said, we are going to be looking for hosts because unfortunately the buttery smooth voices of Jeremy and Bradley will not be hosting this podcast next year. So if you are interested, email us three. Um, my personal email is bradleybiglow21 at winchnin.org. I love how you referred to yourself in the third person when you were talking about um, us leaving. Yeah, it's natural. <laughs> my dad does a lot. Yeah, but just to reiterate, you can email either Sarah, myself, or Bradley. Um, also, super exciting. I've been working on this other podcast on the side um, for actually my digital media class. And it's called What Would Happen. It's on Spotify. I have three episodes right now. Uh, I'm posting another one this Sunday. Uh, it's just all like theoretical things. If you want to check it out, feel free. It's called What Would Happen. I gotta go cry, so. Why, because you're going to prom with uh, Bradley? Serious. Oh yeah, I texted her yeah. prom and she just said yeah. <laughs> I said no at first. He FaceTimed me yeah, and asked me after talking no, no, about it. You did it over FaceTime. I've- I FaceTimed her and said, no, 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 it wasn't okay. I didn't FaceTime her to say it. You FaceTimed me to talk to another girl. It came up. It came up, right? And she says, oh, yeah, if the guy I like doesn't ask me, I'll, I'll go with you. How romantic. Stop. That's not how I said it. That's precisely. Okay, you didn't exactly swoop me off my feet, okay? You were like, no, you want to go? And then the second time you said prom question mark. If you had to actually put effort into it, it would have been a definite yes. But you were like, I don't know. Do you want to go prom with me? At least he didn't do it over text. You are he did the second time when I said yes. <laughs> and I texted my group chat. I was like, Brad just asked me a problem. What do I say? And everyone was like, say yes. So I said yes. Hey, shout out to them. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See you next week. Peace.